Welcome to the Film Crew Love Podcast. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Film Crew Love Podcast. Discuss the labor of film love and the love of film labor. Special guest today is one of my favorite people in the industry. Uh, she is the production manager of Insecure. And she also is a assistant director who just wrapped up uh, several seasons of uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, also very busy in the Directors Guild. Uh, one of the greatest people you'll meet in the industry, Courtney Franklin. Hello. Thank you for having me, Cap. You love that intro, don't you, sister? I do. That sounds nice. I could dig it. <laughs> That's right. I sound like you hired, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. First of all, I it's been on, but uh, the season's been good. Uh, I really like the you know the whole scenes that happened at the uh, the yard that went down. Uh, I remember when I visited the set there, uh, and I saw Daryl, the AD, there running around and all the background. <laughs> it turned out nice. What is your opinion on everything once the baby's been uh, separated from the bathwater and it's now in the air? I mean, I think I think it's wonderful. I was I was already a fan of the show prior to getting the opportunity to work on it and. You know, obviously, this is about film labor and your love of it. And there's definitely labor involved and, you know, definitely uh, challenges. And that particular episode you're talking about where we were down on Market Street in Inglewood, I will say was one of my my proudest moments of pulling it off because it just it took it took a lot of help from a lot of different departments in order to make that happen. And so I was really proud of it. The only thing I always appreciate about you is your appreciation for the crews. So as we expound to this next hour about different things you've been involved with, uh, always give them shout outs because you always do that. And, you know, as when I'm looking for recommendations for different people, you're always one of the first preachers of people I call. Um, I'm going to go down my list, man, like I normally do. And you can expound as you want. Okay. Okay. Um, when we talk about your career, uh, you have television mostly. You've done other things as well. But talk about uh, the most rewarding show uh, and the most challenging show and why. Wow. Okay. Most rewarding. You know, this. it's tricky because it changes over time, right? It's like each project for me, it's like I want to challenge myself each go around. So you sort of have this accomplishment and then that's a great reward and then you try to top it. Um, so I will say, you know, one of the shows that was really rewarding for me was um, when I worked as a second AD on a show called Ugly Betty. Um, yes. You know, Ugly Betty was one of those shows that, you know, in front of and behind the scenes, you really got to see inclusion and diversity in story. And it also was the first time that as a second AD, and I was a, I was a second second AD at the time, and we can, you know, I don't know how detailed you get, you get into this and who your audience is, but during that time, you know, 
ADs are are the sergeants to the soldiers, right? You know, we're not necessarily part of the creative decision-making process, but we are the ones who facilitate it and get it done. And on that particular show, I really was able to become part of the creative process as well. And it's where I first, I first felt like my opinion mattered. And, you know, as you're, as you're down doing your thing, working the 10, the 12 hour days, the weeks on end, and to be able to contribute in that way was really significant. Um, so that was really rewarding um, to me. Um, and like I said, over the years, things have sort of, they've changed, you know, you, you uh, prefaced my intro with how to get away with murder. That show was really rewarding as well. Um, also working as a second AD, but uh, varying positions during that time and getting to train others and hire others. That was really rewarding for me to really be able to put teams together. Um, and to watch that show grow, you know? So that was a really rewarding one for me as well. Um, what do you think about challenging? Challenging. I mean, every show is challenging. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just talked about that Market Street deal. That was super, yeah. That was something that was extremely challenging. Um, you know, it it literally, besides requiring... You know, everybody's head on the swivel for the for, you know, crew from rigging, grip, electric, construction, art. It it really, um, you know, we had to engage with the city of Inglewood, you know. So it's one of those things where we're used to sort of being our own island as a production. And then you're out in the real world and just having to work out those things with, you know, the city government, for example. Right. Um, you know, that that uh, particular sequence we shot over the course of a week. And, you know, you're, we've got music, musical guests and performers. So, you know, it, it literally was like event, you know, it's event management. It's like planning a concert, planning a TV show, planning, you know, uh, 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 location, construction build, it was all of those things in one. So I will say that probably has been the most challenging to date um, and one of the, the most proudest moments for sure. I want you to rank these three for me. Creativity, work environment, and money. Rank them and why? Um, you know, I, I did speak on creativity, right? Um, and I went back and forth on this one because it's, it's super important to me. Um, ended up switching to work environment because to me, when you when you make a work environment ideal, creativity will grow from that, yeah. right? Um, so for me, it'd have to be work environment. It's about the people, the energy, the attitudes, um, you know, the teamwork spirit. Um, from there, it's going to be creativity because no matter if you're in front of the camera or behind the camera, we all have uh, creative ways that we problem solve and do what we do. Um, 
So that's always great to, to be able to see examples of that on a daily basis. Um, and money is last. You know, I think, I think it's funny because those outside of uh, Hollywood, perhaps, you know, you see the shiny, you see the red carpets and you, you know, see all of that. But at the end of the day, you know, money doesn't keep you warm. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily give you joy. You know, so for me, that that's last. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have said money's last. I had Pip on a couple of weeks ago and she said it didn't always be last. I did four years straight. And money was number one. <laughs> yeah. God bless her. Yeah, I listened to that one. I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, even with the struggle, it's like that's in the back of your mind, but it's like you adjust other things so that money doesn't become so important True. if you're able to, yes. you know. Yes. Um, and that's and that's personally what I've done. Um, yeah. Um, with you, uh, I guess, give me, uh, if you had to rank the order of preference of like TVs or movies, uh, you've also done some BET stuff, commercials. If you had to rank those, uh, what would you rank them? Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you, like, out of that list, so I've, I've done, although most of my career has been in television, I've done television, film, commercials. I haven't done music videos. Um, you know, I've, I've heard such horror right, stories right, yeah. that from a work perspective, it didn't sound exciting yeah. at all. Um, but going back to, um, you know, and that's that right. work environment, right. you know what I mean? That, <laughs> that, that, you know, so that, that one kind of went away. But I will tell you from a creative standpoint, for me, film is what originally inspired yeah. me to get in this business. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from Gary, Indiana, where, where it wasn't too much to do, but there was a movie theater, you know? And so originally, just seeing that type of storytelling is what got me interested in the industry. Um, music videos, however, you know, stylistically, creatively, I appreciate them so much because it's like the, the, the teenage poet in me, you know, the, the song lover in me loves it. And to be able to tell a story with music and visually, I admire that. Um, from what I heard, I do not admire 24-hour shoe days, so they right. can keep that. <laughs> but that process, I, I admire. Um, and then from a from a you know career perspective, um, you know commercials commercials are fr are are fun and and short and sweet, and there's a time for those, you know. Um, but ultimately, TV. The reason why I've worked so much in TV, aside from the consistency, is just to me the level of skill that is required to pull off, you know, our seasons of TV shows on a schedule so that it can air on time. Just the amount of skill level required by any, every single person involved, to me, that's unparalleled. You can't beat it. Um, and that's, that's exciting to me because, you know, I, I like to challenge myself. I like to learn. And in that environment, I feel like you always have an opportunity to learn from the best. That's nice. That's, that's an optimistic sounding answer there. I love it. Yes. <laughs> you 
you want to sign up for TV right now. We are definitely in hiatus season. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'll call right. you back catch, in the middle catch of me about, Yeah, exactly. Catch me about three months in to a, uh, to a show, and I'll be like, you know what? That, that commercial sound real sweet right now. I'll call you back and ask you your COVID protocols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole di- that's a whole different Man. situation. But yeah, we're talking about fantasy and feel good right now. <laughs> so we talking about feel love. Loud. Come on, feel man, it's in the title. Yeah, that's where I'll catch you on. Good. All right. Speaking of love, <laughs> um, what job did you pass on and regret not taking? Hmm. This went okay. I had to think about this a little bit because. I I really have been been content not content is not the word but but I feel like I've made some some good choices <laughs> in my career so I had to think so I had to think okay was I what was I offered or talked about or whatever and in this one this case it was something that I don't know that I was full on offered the job but at some point there was talk about me joining um, the show Blackish, mm. and that was a tough one because I'm I'm That's a fan of the well. show, mm. and and you know for me, not you know uh, not knowing the the work environment yet, but just from a creative standpoint, I was like that that's something I would want to be a part you know a part of. Um, it's funny you say that, sister, because I actually put that on my blog. Yeah. Had, you might have got the same call I got. That year, I got that call. And, Man, it, it yeah. was tough. It, it was, I guess the show was fairly new. So I didn't know how long it was going to go. And I was at a spot where I couldn't walk away. Well, I could have walked away, but I didn't. Right. Like, eh. Well, it, you know, we're gambling, right? Freelance, freelance work right. is a gamble. So you don't know what's going to happen. And, yeah, same deal. I was I was on a show at the time that was pretty successful. And so you're like, okay, do I ditch this? this? And at this point, you know, I think both – I might have came later in the game. So both shows were pretty right. successful. So it, 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 it wasn't a, a – you know, a win-lose scenario, but it was just, do you shake up what you know already for something you don't know? Yeah. You know? If your work environment wasn't, since since work environment's good for you, if it wasn't ideal or at least close to where you wanted at that other show, uh, you were... Oh, it would have been a wrap. I would have been over at Blackish, like, representing all the way, for sure. Uh, So on the (laughs) flip side of that coin... Uh, what job did you take that you probably should have passed on? Uh, this is tricky. You know, I, I listened to I listened to the uh, your pimp podcast that we all about not getting Here's caught up. Here's the thing: um, it, it, it is not about the people. It might be about man. This thing got canceled like three weeks. You know, or you know, or these hours. You know, yeah, it's not always about the people. It's also about this is not what I thought it was going to be. Dang. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Mm, let's see. Oh, I know what. So it was, it was a project that was more, more so a, um, 
like talk show type format. And, and um, it really required more of stage manager type, right? Which I did, I have done that prior to becoming an assistant director. So I didn't have an issue with the job itself. However, in the planning period, it's like it became this hybrid animal where, you know, there wasn't enough staff, then they want you to sort of serve as an AD and manage a certain area, yet you're supposed to be managing the floor. And it was, it was definitely one of those things that became something that I didn't expect it to be. And, and yeah, it was tough. I, I lasted for sure, but it, it was, it was rough. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you're one of those because you got the Gary roots. I have family in Gary. Uh, you got the Midwest roots pipped as well. Uh, th- th- yeah. There's a level of, there's a threshold that you're able to take, right? Which is not always the case. <laughs> right. To be honest with you, right? You know, so right. we talk about it all the time. I mean, it, it, this this day will end, this week will end, the show will end, this too shall pass, right? It's a little bit of perspective. <laughs> right. So when you're in the trenches, you can look to your left and right and say, okay, we're going to figure it out. It's all good. Um, right. So that's always what I recommend. I commend you and, uh, and a few other ADs is just like, you know, we're not running for the exit. If it's a show that I passed on, or, I, or show, actually a show that I took that I should have passed on, it's not anything challenging me necessarily. It's just it wasn't communicated, or the show got canceled, or right. supported, you know, whatever. Um, and you don't learn that until after yeah. the first or second paycheck, you know. Right. At the end of the day, it's about expectation, right? right? You know, it's like you go in with a certain expectation, whether that's something that you put on yourself or that's something that was sold to you because they're trying to get you to take the job. Whatever it is, it's that expectation. And and if that doesn't meet up with reality, sometimes, you know, that becomes a problem for sure. Unless one one of those things changes, either your expectation or the reality, (laughs) you know, Um, what makes you choose a job? If you got a call uh, today and say, uh, Courtney, I got this blank. Uh, what were the first things that be coming through your head before you decide you're going to take it? Uh, this is where the creative becomes really mm-hmm. important to me. Um, because I look at, you know, what what is the show talking about? Like, what are we doing? What's What's the format? What's the you know, who's in it, because if you know who's in it, then you you sort of know what type of project it's going to be in terms of the reputation of the level of work that that brings. Um, So, you know, I I definitely want to know who's in it, what is it about, who are the producers, Um, you know, for, for a very long time, you know, it's definitely where is it. Um, I've worked the majority of my career in Los Angeles, um, and I like being at home, you know, I like sleeping in my own bed. So, 
you know, you get a call sometimes that's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in Michigan or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, I left the Midwest for a reason. I, I don't even know where my coat is right, right now. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so those things definitely make make a difference. But ultimately, it's, it's what what is this piece of media going to put out into the world? And do I want to be part thus responsible for what that's putting out there? That's the first thing I take into consideration. Nice. nice. Um, who are your like uh, OGs in the industry? Who are your veterans you call on? Cup of coffee, a drink. Uh, should I take this job? Should I pass on this job? Who does Courtney lean on? Nice. Well, you know, I definitely have to shout out to uh, Stacy Lampkin Bogery. She, uh, when I became uh, a DGA trainee. She was my mentor and she definitely, you know, talked me down a lot of times. <laughs> and, and, and she's one of those people that um, just is a good friend, you know, like not necessarily about work and we have had a chance to work together and it actually was, you know, it was great. Um, and just just a good friend and I and she listens to me rant and everybody needs that, yes. you know. Um other OGs, you know, haven't been an A D for a while and now a production manager. I'm I'm looking a lot at other production managers. Um so Heidi McGowan is one of them. Uh you know, uh Dwight Williams, who you know very well. He he's been very helpful and, you know, has picked up the phone when I needed it. Um, and of course, you know, all, all my AD sisters, mm -hmm. you know, and that's too many to name, but they're all, you know, you always think of like the OG. It's interesting. Cause I, th I, you know, you think of the OG as the person to get advice from and you, and you always think, okay, it's somebody that's, you know, older, wiser. Right. But we forget to sometimes to look at, the people that have come up with us um, and their experiences have been different. Therefore the knowledge they can give to you is different. Yes. And so I'm learning to definitely look to my peers as well. Speaking of peers, let me ask you this. Is the spirit there? Cause I love your sister's brunch. We talk about that on and off the air. That's a collaborative spirit. Um, versus right, a competitive right, right. spirit which other maybe departments or crews or personnel have. Um, right. Talk about that. The collaborative spirit in a freelance industry when you're an African-American woman, um, you know, where does that originate from? Is it just part of who your sisters are or is it just kind of like leave that drum at the door or what? I mean, for me, it's definitely who I am. So if I'm in that room, I'm going to make it about collaboration and, and not about competition. Although friendly competition ain't bad. Let's be clear. Like, um, but yeah, I think it, you know, it really stems from, for me, of being the only black woman in a room, right? On a film set. That's, that's where it started for me. Um, and 
just about every black woman I know in every department, not just ADs, have had that experience. Um, and so that that alone drives me because it does not feel good to not feel like you have a, a champion, right? Um, with the hours and with the difficulty of the job and everybody needs a champion. I don't care who you are and what you do. And that champion might be your mama, but eventually you need a, you need another champion. Um, and so for me, that that's where it sort of stems from and what, what drives me. Um, and, you know, like I said, comp competition is good. I get inspired, you know, I'm, I'm, I definitely revert to being that kid like, oh, so-and-so is doing big things. I want to do big things, too, you know, and I think and, and make it fun. But it doesn't it doesn't have to come from, you know, a spiteful place. It comes from from excitement that we can all be doing the damn thing, yeah. you know. That's good. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. Inspiration and motivation uh, and then collaboration. Yeah. Got you. That's uh those are tidbits actually um you know when you're in the industry and it's kind of like shows that are up and people getting shows and i've passed on shows that i know other people have told me hey you know don't do that or do this because at the end of the day you know every show's going in you know i'm trying to have a working relationship right. with coworkers, you know for decades not uh for a quick right cash right. grab or something um. Well, and I and I do believe, you know, and you kind of have to believe this in a freelance r world. If you don't, that if you didn't get a particular show, then that show yes. wasn't meant for you, right? It wasn't right. meant for you. Um, and I can look back at my resume and see how one show I did opened a door right. somewhere else. That had I taken something else or worked with someone else that door may not have opened, you know? So it, it all works out how it's supposed yeah, to. It does. <laughs> yeah, so, this, so you are, the last show you worked on was Insecure. Uh, talk about your daily routine. Right. Courtney, where, you know, what does the production manager on season four of Insecure look like? My daily routine. Okay. Well, you know, I got to start personally because, you know, my daily routine starts with music. Like, music gets me pumped for the day, right? Um, but it just depends on what we have scheduled for the week. Um, you know, if it's Monday, Tuesday, it's payroll day. So I'm spending a lot of time in the office going through time cards and answering questions um, from accounting. Um if we're, of course, prepping an episode in between that, I may be in, uh, you know, prep meetings, whether it's with art department or, uh, you know, transportation, location. Um, as the week progresses, of course, if we're filming, I'm sort of bouncing that around with also showing up at set and checking in with my departments at set. Um, making sure that the function there is working well, um, you know, and it it involves a lot of paperwork. And I'm I'm one of those people that I I 
don't mind paperwork, but what I do mind is being in one place at one time. So I'll take my paperwork with me to the set um, if it makes sense to do so. Because um, ultimately, you know, I want people to know that I'm available, accessible, and if any questions or problems pop up, pop up, they know that I, that I can show up where wherever I need to to help problem yeah. solve it. So that's sort of sort of what my job looks yeah, I was like. Talking to Dwight about that, um, how he had a, I think he had he was either working out of the trailer on location or even had an office set up right there, um, so he can help solve issues. You know, before the day at the lunch hour and then at the rap hour. Um. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing I've taught, you know, different production managers have different right. styles. I had one recently tell me that he wants to spend as little time on set as possible because he feels like he has more gravitas when he shows up versus them seeing his face yeah. all the time. You know, that, that's that, a strategy. Yeah, I, I think production managers get their rocks off <laughs> while showing up and everybody's freezing, looking like. Right. Everybody yeah. tightens up. You know, I, I don't get my yeah, rocks no, off like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I really no. don't. Yeah. But yeah. It is. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I like to do. Um, so this part of yeah. the section is called This Might Offend My Political Connects. Right? So Yeah. I, I, yeah. I might have. Hold, 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 hold up, sister. <laughs> oh gosh! I had to come come up with some. So, so yeah, who's underrated. Mm -hmm. Who's okay. overrated? Who's probably rated? And I won't even say who. You can even say what. I don't want my people running from these questions. This is you know, this is me and you, and you know, a few friends listening. Yeah. So, who or what? You you work in the television or film industry? For someone in Gary, Indiana, listening in to cousin Coco, um, who who's <laughs> underrated? Who's overrated? Who's properly rated or, or what? Okay. Um, underrated. I mean, I would be crazy to not mention how ADs who run base camps on any show is underrated as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, you know, my reason behind that is that person has to wear so many hats to ultimately prepare not just the talent for return for you know being ready for work crew in terms of paperwork and all that but the jobs that you don't even think are their their job they get that too you know they're the secretary they're they're uh, the babysitter, the dog sitter, the mama, the daddy, when people are in their feelings, their supply management, their the lifeline to, you know, accounting. So, you know, don't mess with them because, that you know, that, that could create a problem. They're psychiatrists. They're all these different things that, you know, if you looked up the description of an AD, doesn't even begin to cover it. But yet your set will grind mm -hmm. to a halt if that person doing that job does not have it together. So that's definitely one of the, uh, the underrated people for me. Okay. Overrated um, probably rated? Overrated. I'm going to skip to overrated. Um, 
to me, anyone out there, and not knocking it, but anyone out there with a PR team is overrated. <laughs> talk to <that> talk. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because at the end of the day, don't believe the hype, right? Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the spin. Don't believe the ad doctor. Don't believe the commercial. Yes. And I say that because at the end of the day, you know, that person still has to do the job. You know, they still putting on their they whitey tighties or they silky smooths like you. So, so to me, that's, you know, overrated. Anybody with a, with a PR team, you got to be like, okay, what's the real deal behind right. the smoke and mirrors, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, properly rated. Um, I don't know if this is publicly, but in my head, uh, black people, black women specifically are properly rated. In t- and like I said, this is, this is definitely in my, in my thought of what we accomplish, what we have to deal with, how we still face the world. Um, I just recently um, saw a quote that that said, if you are a person of color and you have your your eyes and ears open and you're walking through the world, you are walking through the world in a perpetual state of rage. Yes. Um, And so for me, properly rated, because I know how hard it is for for people in this industry regardless like where this is aside from race or gender it's a tough business um but those those of us with darker skin i know i know you're the business right so it's like i see you you're properly rated in my eyes because i know you're the business yeah that's good that's good okay those are good answers sister you thought about that you know i'm gonna gonna leave that where that is (laughs) um Let's talk about Courtney, though. Uh, give me a strength, uh, and then give me something that you want to work on. Okay, strength. I I feel like um, intuition is one of my my strengths. Um, you know, whether it's following my gut for decisions that I'm making for myself personally, or my ability to hone in to uh, the, the energy of other people and sort of navigate my conversation with them um, to help just make things better. Intuition is one of those things that I feel like I'm good at um, and has served me in my career, uh, you know, instinct. Um, and then as far as weakness, my weakness especially as I continue to uh, morph in my career is being used to asking for help and becoming the student Mm. all over again. Right. Um, You know, as an AD, you're used to having most of the answers or you're able to get the answers really easily. Um, and of course, moving into production management, it's, you know, learning from my OGs, 
uh, having people see me also in a different light. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm definitely having to become the student all over again and to be comfortable with the amount of questions that I now have to ask as opposed to the answers that I have. So that, that's, that's a weakness. That's interesting. interesting. Uh, Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a learning process, obviously for you, um, as as we are learning, as we uh, navigate this industry, uh, let me ask you this, speaking of learning, what kind of team, uh, when you're assembling a team, uh, what are you looking for? Someone wants to work with you on uh, media shows, uh, and you, or you're considering hiring folks. We've exchanged, exchanged text emails and phone calls for the last decade off of uh, production staff. Right. As you assemble your team, what are you looking for? Uh, I mean, you know, go, being qualified and being able to do the job goes without saying. Um, I look for people that have a good attitude that really are about the team and not necessarily about self. People that are able to uh, see the big picture. Um And by big picture, in their particular position, it might be the big picture is that someone else has a need, right? Because we're we're a service Mm -hmm. department, really, you know? And so for having people with a good attitude, and at the end of the day, even if the experience isn't where you want it to be, if someone has a good attitude, they'll they'll pick up the other stuff, you know? Um, Yeah, it's good. So that becomes really important. Good attitude, for me. Uh, not about the self, a team, and have a big picture. Um, and you also said some level of experience. For okay, sure. Say diversity on that, okay? <laughs> Look, you know, me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to yes. belabor. That's all good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to belabor inclusion. That's important to me, but that also, like, to me, is a baseline. Yeah. Right. Um, But I will say the reason why that's important to me overall is because I've never seen anything be worse because of inclusion. But I definitely have seen it be worse without it. Mm -hmm. Well said on that. So let me ask you this. (laughs) Um, Who do you look forward to working with, Uh, either in front or actually both? in front or behind the camera? Um, well, you know, talking about my peers, I look forward to working uh, with them as they, they transition in their career as well. Um, you know, the, the Anya Adams, the Bola Ogun, the, even, even Sean Pipkin we, we spoke about, you know. Um, they're folks I get, you know, advice and energy from but haven't had a chance to work with some of them um so i look forward to that um behind the camera um there and this is going to be like probably not an answer you'd expect but there's a transportation coordinator named mark james that i just recently met um and he's somebody that I definitely want to want to build a relationship with. 
because um, I know how hard that job Dad, is. Where'd you meet him? <laughs> uh, I met him through okay. Folks at Insecure. And what show is he? What, what show is he just finished? Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure because right after that we started. We started shutting down b- because of COVID. So I don't know if he went to something gotcha. else after that. But he was somebody I was really impressed with, and uh, would like to to see again. Nice in my Mark past. James. Look out, brother! All right. Um, as far as like <laughs> cast or actors or talent in front of the camera, anyone say you know it'd be cool to work with. Dot dot dot. Is that is the one? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously. Yeah, Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder. I I would work to her work with her till I die. She's amazing. Um, talented and just person. Um from Insecure just recently seeing the talent of uh, Miss Yvonne Orgy. You know, she's a comedian turned actress. We've we've spoke about her. She's somebody that I see great things um for in the future. So I definitely would would love to work with her again. Yeah, I saw her. She, I I didn't watch Insecure initially until I saw her at the uh, do a stand up at the American Black Film Fest a few years ago, and and she was, had me in tears. I was like, "Whoa, this, she is funny!" So I had to go back and watch all. <laughs> yeah, of she's. And uh, and I yeah. actually enjoyed uh, the sister Amanda Seal. I went to her show. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had Jasmine Guy and um, Cree Summers there, and that was that was that's a talented uh, cast there. That's a talented cast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. N- another talent. When you talk about you know music, yeah. acting, performing in general, that's that's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. All right, so um, I got one more question to ask you, but then I just want you to talk about um, your passion for the Directors Guild. You know. You are in the negotiating rooms. You are in the steering committees. You are uh, in, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the planning. Uh, talk about your uh, commitment to your professional side and uh, why you stay so committed. Yeah, um, you know, I, it definitely started with the ADUPM um, council at the Directors Guild. Um, And initially, it was just wanting to be more informed, right? Like at the end of the day, you, you know, there's this contract that's, you know, 400, 500 pages long, and you want to get more information to make sure that you're getting um, everything you're supposed to be getting when you go to work. So that that sort of started it for me. and from there, it literally was just sort of the, the thirst of knowledge and being able to network that did it for me, right? So then from, from there, I ended up uh, being co-chair of the African-American Steering Committee. And so that was a great way to be able to work and meet directors that, I mean, literally in college, I was watching their work, admiring and wanting to meet them one day. And here I am in a room with them and I get to ask them questions or get to become friends with them. Um, so that was, that's really exciting. And then, you know, and as my knowledge grew, wanting to share that. 
So the more stuff you become involved with, essentially, the more information you get. And being able to share that was really important. Um, and recently, uh, you know, I became part of our national board that essentially is responsible for making the decisions that involve all of director, Directors Guild members. Um, and, you know, hopefully people recognize how much work goes into the contracts that the producers have to abide mm -hmm. by, right? To make sure we got health yes. and pension and a rate that's, that's decent. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, and I know, you know, myself has even gotten frustrated sometimes because you don't understand how things work or you want them to be different. And the only way you can have a voice in that situation is to be in the room and on, you know, sitting at the table and see how those decisions yes. came to be. Um, and so that, that was really important to me to understand that um, so that I knew how to best utilize this guilt that I idolized for so long. You know, you want to know, okay, how do I make this thing work for me? Um, and how do I make this thing work for other members? And I really have enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I can't say jobs have come from the networking what? of it. Um, yeah, I don't know that I've gotten a job from, do, from doing this stuff. But you know what I have gotten? Uh, and when I say a job, I mean like a direct connect. Like, to me, I've probably gotten a job based on the knowledge I know mm -hmm. because of it, you know? Or maybe somebody that's, recognized that's, my name I somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because for those that, that don't know, I get, yeah. uh, we get the email, you know, we had to reelect, you know, uh, people in different guilds for different steering committees for different board, you know. And it, people choose who they know, first of all. They go down the list. Uh, you know, and, you know, Courtney's always at the top because her name starts with Courtney. I think they go by first name. I, I can't remember, but I'm always looking for those names I do know. And <laughs> your name, I said, something ain't right. So. I know. I, I'm glad my I'm glad my last name in with an X <laughs> or a Y or a no. Z. But I would <laughs> no, but yeah, so I'm sure that has helped somewhere in the you know ethos. Um, but ultimately, I do it because it makes me feel good to be to be helpful and you to be of service. Yes, that's excellent. Um, that's excellent. So, this yeah. is a, you know, this podcast is, is expanding, podcast is expanding. Um, I want you to recommend someone that we should probably follow up with. Uh, who do you? want to hear on a future podcast film crew love about their uh, interest in the industry and their pursuits anyone you know the person that came to mind only and, and it's because I found them so delightful to work with and so knowledgeable um, was actually a rigging best boy electrician mm. uh and she happens to be female as well. 
Her her name's Sophie Schellenberger. Um, and I just you know, once again, you know, being a production manager, now you privy you privy to what what everybody doesn't see, right? The rigging, the building, and I gotta tell you, the the work that those folks do are remarkable, and that's before the shooting crew gets there, you know. And she she was one of those people that I would love to hear her journey and how she got so it. So she on Insecure? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, production manager mm-hmm. values the uh, best boy or rigging electric uh, because we're talking about how can we have this all this equipment picked up or dropped off before the crew gets there, the cables, the bubble lights. Uh, so you get real tight with them and if you if they can save you some money and time come on oh yeah they're worth their weight in gold for and they sure. mean so much to the dp as well i mean you know these lighting schematics that's a very underrated crew position as well so sophie schellenberger all right cool excellent all right coco that wasn't bad was it yeah no yeah, wasn't not bad at all you know all right uh <laughs> this has been the film crew love podcast uh labor of film love the love of film labor This is Tep signing off with Courtney Franklin. See you next time.